you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. The Around the NFL Podcast is more stacked than the AFC West. From the beaches of Southern California, it's Around the NFL. I'm Dan Hansis on a patio filled with some heroes, Greg Rosenthal, Mark Sessler. And here we are at the 2022 NFL Media Summit from the Lowe's Santa Monica Hotel. And Mark, you got that glow. You got that glow. I'm in, I'm in a place that I simply enjoy at this point because we are <laughs> under uh, large umbrellas that shade us. Uh-huh. A nice ocean breeze uh-huh. uh, crosses our face. I'm watching grown adults on swing sets down on the beach right by the ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing missing is the fact that we're working versus at a, in a leisure setting right now. Well, they're, they're on the rings. They are not messing around. There's some high-level gymnastics going on. Uh, yeah, as you said, you know, not Southern, just, just Southern California. It's Santa Monica. This is my hometown now. It is. I, don't, I guess it's not my hometown. You're adopted hometown. But it's nine years long, um, and it's nice to have a home game. If I may be personal with you, gentlemen, yeah. for a moment. Um, I, as you know, native of New York. And when I was 19 years old, I joined my uncle Stu and Aunt Carrie and their children. Um, they invited me to a California trip. I'd never been out to California before. So I got on the plane. I'd really never been anywhere um, at that point in my life. So we got on the plane, came over here, stayed at this very hotel. Wow. And to the, and it looks very similar as it did in 1999, right down to the the grass uh, patch right in front of the the beach right behind us right now where I remember playing wiffle ball with Mike and Eric. Uh, And that started kind of a lifelong fascination and like a romance that I had for Southern California. And I think it played a role in me eventually coming out here. I just have a kind of a romantic viewpoint of California as an East Coaster, and it kind of started right here. On that trip, did you discover love? Did I discover love? I would say no. You were nine? I was 19. Oh, 19. I, I would that not would have be. been a prime prime territory <laughs> to have it, an adventure. Uh, yeah, it took me – I was never the guy, and I ended up in a very good spot with a great woman, uh, uh, Emily. But 
when I was younger, it took me longer to figure out how to do those things. Um, and that meant also, like, you know, if you're the guy going on a trip to California, did you have a whirlwind romance while you were out there? No, that wasn't me as a teenager. You were playing wiffle ball, so that you were also yeah. you were that busy. Was Mark. I have had trips like that at at that age. So. I, I'm the, I was when I first got out. I feel like that's that's the logical feeling. I, my first time out here wasn't until I was like for a college internship or internship between college years, and it was like I can't imagine coming out here and not thinking. Oh my God! Have they let people live here? Come, come live here. Why wouldn't you think that? It's so at nice. At least just for a little bit. The weather and uh, just felt. I just as, again, as someone from the other side of the country, is just like people. I just like the vibe out here, and I still feel that way. I'm not. I'm not a jaded Californian now. Me neither. The first time later. I came to California, un, not similar to yours, because I was not put up in a hotel. I left Grand Central Station in New York City. Uh, on a Greyhound bus. Back then, you could get a $100 trip, round trip, to anywhere in the country. So I went to San Francisco. Uh, we got snowed in, um, all highways, snowed in in Cheyenne, Wyoming, and had to stay in a hotel with all these Greyhound people for three days. Then made it to San Francisco, but I had to pick my mom up um, at Katona Station in New- outside of New York two days later, three days later, so I had to get right back on the Greyhound bus and go back. So I was in San Francisco for about <laughs> seven hours. Oh, my God. It's like the most insane story I've ever heard. Did you uh, have any romance with any of the Greyhounders? Actually, there was um, a woman who had a child, but she was like a single mom, but we wrote letters to each other for exactly a couple years type. after that. <laughs> sure. We wrote letters to each other. Um, all right. There you go. The little po- love letter to California. And here we are. Great show coming up today. We have guests galore. Kyle Brandt. Emmy award-winning host of Good Morning Football will join us in a bit. Also, and listen, this is something that I feel like we've been building toward, and I, I'm a little nervous about how how it was going to play out. I was, but it's like we had to get Rap Sheet and Greg together, preferably with microphones on. I mean, by we building towards it, you're saying I. Dan Hansis was building towards it. This wouldn't have happened. This was you and your element. This is you bringing it together for the good of the podcast. Well, I think I like not to our, think it's not beyond our friendship. That. Yeah, it's beyond the just um, content. No, it's beyond, it's beyond content. I knew we needed to get the boys together, Mark, and fireworks are expected. I think that uh, when it's listened to, people will realize uh, against what Greg just said that you had a higher purpose and. Thank you. Uh, I, you know, it, it's a must-listen. It's a trenchant combo. All right, so, you know, don't – I know now you're really interested how it goes, but don't fast-forward. <laughs> we got a lot of other things to get to, starting with any takeaways, guys, from the uh, NFL Media Summit. Uh, does You know, we used to uh, – we've been to about five or six of these things, at least by now. Um, why don't we start here? Because it's always fun. Chris Wessling, rest in peace, good – Good man, Chris Wessling. Um, he used to uh, document the corpo jargon that was uttered at these events. And uh, just a quick like idea of what it is. It's everyone that is on camera, on mic, that works on shows. Everyone's invited to this hotel for two days. And it's a series of speeches, seminars, uh, you know, breakout groups. Um, 
Uh, so it's middle management unloading a year's worth of meetings they've been to on us also. but <laughs> Right, and then upper management it's sharing mostly their upper opinions on I mean, up, okay, upper it, management. It's, it's the highest levels of management. And then there's also a lot of uh, producers in, and uh, people behind the scenes, too, who are here who work on the shows people, that, that the we're The shadowy on. league figures step out of the shadows just yes. for 48 hours in June. And as a footnote, I adore the upper management figures Same. from head to toe. Great people. Same. A to Z. Same. Great. Anyway, what is some corpo jargon? Okay, um, twenty two. Well, my favorite. This wasn't a corpo jargon, but I just thought um, that Operation Hoya was very intriguing uh, because it was truly uh, a company secret plan. Which may- maybe I shouldn't say it, but I don't think that gives away anything. And I just love that the the op- the company secret plan was named Operation. Hoya, but for more more corporate speak, uh, in, <laughs> a lot of inflection point. Uh, yes. I heard yes, a lot of inflection point. Um, there was a lot of when you have success, we have success. Good or different variations of that. Good intro. Uh, emerging avenues. Oh yeah, emerging avenues was a good That's one. That's the these new above like, the treetops. Now these are, I think, at some point these people view themselves, um, and again, I adore them as creative types. So they, they find new ways of language to describe very mundane business <laughs> tactics. We, we, were, we were in a, um, a side session learning, like, best practices for social media. They had, you know, people from Instagram and stuff. Uh, and they were talking about um, two-fact. And I was like, oh, what's – I was oh, yeah. thinking in my head, two-fact. Two-fact. And that's just two-factor authentic- authentication. But you, you can't say two-factor. You just go two-fact. No, like, you look like a total you, a- you gotta you say, say you gotta term. save that second, that half <laughs> half of a second of saying two factor and go two fact. And by the way, if I to use a all time famous corpo jargon I learned here for the first time, I'm gonna open up the kimono here yeah. and share with you power user. Oh, that was no a good one. Yeah, yeah, power yeah, user. That's a good one. I had. Um, I don't know what it means, but it's a good one. We were separated into breakout groups too, so we didn't all have the same exact experience. I think they they weren't um, in any cases thrilling experiences, but they were different. For me, it was. All right, I, well, that's the yeah. best part of the of me, the yes. summit is this those side groups. We'll talk about maybe we'll yeah. talk about that later. Some are better than others. I heard sure. this over and over. Um, explosion of content. Mm. Yeah. Explosion is of content. That actually, that's I think. A, an evolution of um, fire hose of content. <laughs> yeah, well, it sounds even yeah. like a little bit less. A little than more fire. violent. That, that's similar to what fire hose would come after the explosion. That's similar to scalable content. There was a lot of scalable. You want the content to be scalable. All right. Anything else? I I liked when they would talk about, and I'm not sure I totally understand this one, but it was uh, they would say things that we would take on a lot of friction. Right. Um, which just hits me a different way. But they were talking yeah, about like, okay, we're going to enter into the marketplace and there's certain aspects here that's going to take on a lot of friction. Well, that, that just sounds <laughs> blue. <laughs> right, that's that's how I sort of took it, but it was a lot of, it was a lot yeah, of Greg, friction. you are sometimes known to create friction. Uh, the, one of my favorite moments was at the very end of the seminar, second day, where you rose your hand during a, um, like a town hall conversation with the highest of upper management and shared what I thought was a fair opinion about something to do with the event. And uh, the head top dog, uh, the the shadowiest of the shadowy league figures, responded, I could not disagree with you more. <laughs> that was funny. And this was part two because there was a minor irritation from the high-up exec towards Greg two days in a row. And this is Greg is a good parent, so he left to transport his children to summer camp, Greg, right? Yeah. Okay, so summer camp. So yesterday he left... 
without causing any, no one seemed to know because it's like it could be getting sure. up to get a glass of water. This time, it came right while this high up executive was, you know, getting lambasted mm. with tough questions. And as Greg sort of dismissively got up and rolled out of the room, a hyper stink eye came from executive towards Greg. Oh, exiting no. the so then this 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 this, this uh, encounter happened later, about a couple uh, hours. So it's a, just another figure that Greg, I, Greg just has so many people that he, Always. he needs to work it's, with. It's, it's one of your great skills, Greg. Also, the point that you made, and it's too esoteric for the audience to care about, and we should keep it a little bit behind the kimono, but Greg's point that he made after the top official on stage disagreed with Greg, but sitting directly behind me, Michael Irvin, who was either for <laughs> much, much, of, much of the seminar either sleeping or talking on his cell phone at a low <laughs> volume, um, <laughs> He was just saying, as the answer is being given, shooting down Greg's point, he was going, yep, yep, nope, that would never work. Nope, nope, uh-uh, See, uh-uh. This is, here's the thing, though. I had many people uh, come up to me and appreciate what I said because I was speaking to what uh, a lot of— I'm just being a reporter uh, right now and telling you what I, I saw I, I get it, but I'm saying Mike, Michael was in the minority among the talent and producers that were there because all I was voicing was a frustration with this event in particular and how we could— do a better job with it in the future and as a company. And it was the exact same thing that literally every, not every, not literally every, but many other people were all talking about throughout the weekend. And I heard a lot of people after, and I heard one of the top executives come up after and almost was apologetic. He's like, I tried to push that same, same idea and it, it got shot down. And Greg and he tried was to like, talk to himself to not be worried well, no, about I, I, getting a and phone he was call like, a little but later. I, but I, this made me more worried if he hadn't said anything. He's like, just making sure you're okay though. I was Can like, I, no, I didn't. I had one, there was about? one very talented female <laughs> reporter that texted me what during Greg's fracas, justice for Greg. So I, you did have support <laughs> oh, inside the nice. room. You had support. And, um, and what, is, what of- is wrong with me that I'm the, I, once you realize you're the person that keeps getting into confrontations with people at work in some That's way. something for your you psychiatrist. Have to look, you have to look uh, at what's the problem. You here. are, you're potentially the beeline. Behind I had that, another, though. a prominent podcaster at this company during Greg's uh, confrontation text me Two words, odd fight. Because <laughs> it was. <laughs> and uh, since I brought up DJ? Michael. I didn't say who it was. Who Mike, else would it be? Michael well, there's Irvin. a lot of prominent. Do you want to hear one more Michael Irvin? No, because no. he's yeah. the best at these events. And I got to give Michael Irvin credit. The man is a three-time Super Bowl champion. He's a legit, like one of the more well-known sports personalities in America. He's at this event both days, every minute. Okay. I'm not saying he's totally plugged in, but he's sitting directly behind me. And right. it just and that's because, not true of all the big time talent. No, and he's so he's so famous. He, he could be totally checked out, but sometimes all of a sudden, he's super checked in. And at one point, they were showing a um, like a chart that was plotting like the, the traditional TV usage trends. <laughs> and uh, and and the, why do we need that? Why and the, do and we the need guest, that? And the and the uh, speaker was like, "This is really amazing." And then out of nowhere, Irvin, who I thought was sleeping, goes. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> like, wait, he's paying attention to the usage chart. I think he Combo? probably had like he was he, he was just like the same way on this show with sound bites towards a certain person. There were just maybe Michael Irvin sound bites that he'd press play on to make people think he was. Oh, in. I wish he was wow. on the show. He he Do you have he, a, a Mark sound bite you can just play it at will. I have plenty. Yeah, just pick one. Play one just for fun. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm with myself also. We get that, Mark. We get that. Soon you will be. Irvin I'm would be a weird day. Would be high on my list of players or uh, other uh, on-air personalities that I would take in a draft of the breakout room. So we get divided 
into three different breakout rooms, and then we go into a bunch of different sessions. Mm -hmm. And I've learned over over these years, and we've done these, we've done a lot of these now. That that's to me, that's the best uh, part of the the couple of days because that's where some tough questions are being asked, where uh, some upper management's feet really get put to the fire. Um, Irvin would be high on my list just for like the comedy of it. He would maybe be fun in those it's rooms. Michael Irvin. Uh, I had a great. We had a great room. Like I had a lot of people that I would draft high. Like who would you be your first draft pick if if you're taking if, people for those? Rooms? If I wanted like hard hitting questions just and whatever some real you want. dialogue, anything, anything. Give me Jim Trotter. Yeah, first overall. Yeah, Jim Trotter. Interesting. Uh, I enjoyed Mike Garofolo as always. Okay. Uh, but I my we had Steve Smith in the room and Kurt Warner and I was sitting next to Steve Smith and Kurt Warner. I was kind of like fanning out a little bit to be honest. Mm. It's just like these guys are still basically in the locker room sometimes in these sessions, and they speak their mind. And Kurt Warner takes, like, the quarterback, encouraging quarterback leadership role. But then Steve Smith does the Steve Smith thing where he'll go on a 10-minute rant right. that totally takes the speaker and dissembles them. <laughs> uh, we're hoping – yeah, Steve Smith, always very nice to the uh, to us, the Around the NFL show. Gotta get him on the Familiar show. Familiar with him. I, we spoke with him. He, he, like many of the players, get very early flights, maybe even before the whole thing's – over and he was out of here, uh, but he said he, he's going to be in LA quite a bit this fall, and it will be coming on the show. We're working on that. Right, we'll have Justin Handel reaching out to Steve Smith. No. Yeah, <laughs> be, that's up. That's Just, up and then you have to record those conversations. Um, <laughs> Claybon would be very high on my list of the side. Thank group. you for bringing up Claybon. Uh, just one quick note: Claybon was sitting next to. Uh, who were you guys sitting next to during the seminar? I was next to Jeremiah, not Jeremiah. I was next to Cynthia and MJD. I was next to Taylor Bashotti yep. uh, and Ian Rappaport, who never showed up on day one in the seat, but he was here today. Wow. I, uh, I was next to D'Angelo Hall and then Mark Ross, the former Giants ah. uh, executive. So Claybon is next to Michael Irvin. And I, ha I wish Claybon was here because i got to talk to him about this. By the end of the second day, every time Irvin would say something and laugh uproariously, he would, like, lean back and, like, Make eye contact with Claybon, and then Claybon. <laughs> by the end of it, he was like the Ed McMahon to Johnny Carson. Like Claybon was like, "Ah, you are correct, sir." <laughs> and they were just having a great time together. I was That's like, this amazing. could be a TV show. Oh, we need that. Um, I enjoyed that. <laughs> that is amazing. Claybon, who I, I basically t stole his question when when I was annoying the uh, executive, just things that he had been talking about, but had the worst take of all time, and used, it made me happy that even the. One of the great takesmen of our time, Claybon, could have bad takes, which was that there are as, as many men's small items of clothing at stores as men's large and extra large. And I was just saying, you don't know the plight of the small man. Like, if you legitimately think that. And he fought yeah. hard on this, and I was just like, this is this is nowhere near uh, he's uh, wrong. factual. He's wrong, because a typical it's, it's, it's like 70% large, extra large, and then you're searching for me. Of course, like, in most... Men as small as me, they almost don't want to admit it. So they're wearing mediums, but they're too big, and it's like it's not a good fit. So Take that, me inside your world. Uh, it, it's more. different. <laughs> this is why you got to outfit yourself uh, when I make that trip uh, to Tokyo. Judy Batista, by the way, a great person in those rooms. We had a great room. Yes. Willie becomes a different Willie McGinnis, and um, you get you get a real Willie, a little different than a TA Willie. Willie was amazing. Colleen Wolf will just throw in one zinger. Oh, yeah, She'll just be like, hey, would you um consider having women on the NFL da draft coverage uh, next year and just see the executives' faces uh, right. belt off at that question? The blood drain from the faces. <laughs> It's important. it's important. You want to add value in these rooms. It's cool, though. I, I think uh, – I hope this is interesting to the listeners. I and think maybe it it's, is. Again, it's, it's 
middle of June. So we're how doing many, our how best. How many to, comments did you make, Dan, during the breakout sessions? Uh, I said two words. Yeah, I, 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 I kind of lay low in this. I decided whole thing. that anything I would yeah. say would probably only decrease my merit in the room because it was again it was high up executives that weren't even sure why I was there potentially. Right. Right. I like to throw in one or two, and I, I moved on from my annual "How are you going to monetize podcasts?" Uh, question because that we're part on the, of the we're, conversation we're, we're, now. We're on the right track. That that nice job. gotten well, more that more out. respect. Um, and I do. Before we move on, I just want to give a shout out to someone we've mentioned on this show before. Ali Banpuri had a moment. Uh, he did. He he is our writing editor, and a lot of the people who were in front of the lectern and had a microphone. Uh, didn't really deliver, and it was a tough first morning, well, I would say. Just saying it was kind of— bo- I don't think that's necessarily fair because but it's, it's not true. an easy task. It's boring, though. And Ali came up there and was universally regarded as the best speaker of the entire uh, process and got a rousing ovation. Rousing. I mean, it was what? it was something. And he it did was- something very smart because he came up right away. <laughs> he lowered the microphone. A very tall individual got had come before him. He lowered the microphone like half right. a foot, acknowledged that that was emasculating, um, right. then basically said, I don't do speeches, so I've written it. And then he just perfectly read this amazingly right. written thing that came from his heart. You set him up with the self-deprecation. Exactly. And came then you kind of come in from the heart. That was good. Was we that, we mentioned him a, going back to 2014. I just wanted to – maybe we are now reaching the point where the listeners don't care. But I maybe, just wanted him to get his I was going to say, though, maybe, Greg, because you do find yourself often in conflict, if there are things to take away from a bumpery in that spot, like mm-hmm. how to get your point across without not wanting people to smack you on the side of the head. Well, that's a different setting, making like a speech, and I've definitely had some bad ones of those too. So, uh, hey, what if you could leave to a rousing good standing ones. ovation? I've had good ones, bad ones. You well, know, st- we're going to stick a pin in this because I know we got to settle something for Greg a little later in the show. But do we want to? Do you want to get caught up on any news, or do we want to get right to it? I let me spin through real quick the news, and then let's get to it. We're going to do some OTA roundup on Monday. Uh, I think so. Too. Do you want to do it as quickly as yeah, possible? Yeah, we'll do Nothing it real major. quick. I just want to. Uh, this is a uh, – at one point there was a conversation about the NFL brother fraternity, and uh, there was a term old head that's mm-hmm. thrown around for the guys that are, you know, out of the league for an extended period of time. And the younger guys look at the older former players as old heads when they come with critical takes about how the game's not the way it used to be. But that's well, been so, going on forever. So it was Gerald McCoy who came to guest speak about NFL players interacting with the media, and he clarified – that an old head is if you played before the year 2000. Because LaDainian Tomlinson asked, like, who's an old head? And right. like, did, LT is fine, but Kurt Warner, Michael Irvin, they're in a tough they're spot. Heads. Right. I don't know. LT came in right around 2000. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah. on the fringe, but you wouldn't define him that way. Anyway, LT, by the way, is a guy, and maybe because of his jet ties and my favorite jet game ever against the Pats in 2011, he was a prominent player. He's a guy that I kind of still get, like a guy that we work with, that I get a little like starstruck by mm. LT, yeah, Irvin, um, Kurt Warner, Steve Smith. In a way, I want to get to know Steve Smith. That's why I'd love to have him on the show uh, because he's just such an interesting, thoughtful, outspoken. I think the interest in a friendship would be equal from his standpoint. One of Wes's favorite players. <laughs> I'm, not t- I'm not talking about friendship. Well, no, I'm saying I, I, I when <laughs> Greg was speaking cool with too. him, I sensed it, it, actual. He seems like a nice guy. Uh, him and Colleen are, are good buddies, so that's a good sign of a of uh-huh. a of a good man. And uh, maybe Wes's all time favorite player over the course of our podcast was Steve. Ice Smith. up, son. Time for news and notes presented by Upwork, where you can build the team that will build your business. Learn more from Upwork. 
Com. All right, here we go. Couple things. Couple things. And you know, jump in if you care. And if you don't, I'm going to keep moving. Mika Fitzpatrick signs a four year extension. He becomes the highest paid safety in NFL history. $36 million guaranteed at signing. Terry McLaurin, this is something kind of interesting. He's sitting out mandatory minicamp with the commanders. Ron Rivera says the deal will get done. Speaking of Ron Rivera, did you know that he had a copy of the First Amendment, freedom of speech, uh, sitting on his desk? And he said that he's read it over and over again when deciding what to do about Jack Del Rio, who made the comments on Twitter, I believe it was, or in the press conference, uh, talking about all sorts of nonsense. And he said before he decided to find Jack Del Rio, who, by the way, has since uh, deleted his social media, he read it over and over again, the First Amendment. I just don't know what's going on in Washington. You know, the, com- the commanders do things um, in their own way. I-, I-, I feel like there's a lot going on. Have for- they started to take command, in your opinion? Uh, Where are we at at the level? Command of, of com- what? Co- like, just, have they started? Are they getting ready to, maybe? As we all know, decided to really go ahead and uh, start to take command. Where are we at? On, what's the percentage, would you say? Zero to 100. Like, 100 is full command. Zero is you don't even know what command is. 2.8%. Okay. Well, he's got, there's <laughs> well, yeah, only one I'm way to go. I'm not going to go really. lower than that, but, yeah, that's it's low. It's in the 10. For what it's worth, um, Ron Rivera said he also had the wait, second. Wait, wait, did you just start talking without your signature drop? You know, that's. I, I feel like it's been established by this point. You're doing great. There you go. How, do know who you, how will they know who you cocktails. are? Yeah. Right. Um, he said he also had the Second Amendment printed out on his desk to read over and over again. For Wait, whatever really? Reason. Really? To bear arms? Well, first of all, uh, the First oh, Amendment. No. What, what are we doing, Ron? It's not that complicated. <laughs> read the first five words. You're pro- you're pretty much good on on the First Amendment. Uh, Raver, like. can you read the, both of the amendments <laughs> at the end of the show? Sure. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, all right. Terry McLaurin's a really good player, and they should get a deal done with them. But I just don't, you know, you don't know what's going on with that organization and whether they have the said, right infrastructure to get these things done. They've said since like a week into the offseason that it was their top priority. So D- DK Metcalf also skipped their camp uh, last week. There's a, Rodney Hudson was one for Arizona. There's a decent amount of players skipping. And remember, Carson Wentz is there now, and as you know, as you just heard, uh, you know, you wanted him to be working with the star wide receiver of the team. I'd but also want to sign a contract before you spend a year with Carson Wentz. Mm. That's that's fair. That's thought provoking. Very good, Mark. That's that's a great point, Mark. Thank you. I I was legitimately saying it was a great it's, point. Mark is, thinks we were making yeah. fun of him. But it we is concerning. Well, that's a great point, Mark. When I say something that actually <laughs> provokes your thought, that it must be verbalized, <laughs> like it's such a rare occurrence. It's so condescending. Uh, it just stops the entire room. Good point. That, Mark. That's a good. That that actually was a good point too. That one well, is I'm on a roll. Well, much, much better point. than the point DJ texted to Din Odd Fight. You know? Odd Fight. Give me a break. I think Odd Fight was on point. It, that's a fair. That's a fair. Jarek McKinnon back to the Chiefs on a one-year deal. So watch out, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. There are no more free passes for you, bud. They got rid of Daryl Williams, too. That's some moments for them. Colts fourth-year safety. Uh, Carrie Willis announces his retirement to go into the ministry. Kind of a cool move. Go to God, young man. I mean, it's absolutely something that takes a lot of integrity and belief in what you're doing. And and a surprise to the Colts, he's only been in the league three years, and he's been a starter the whole time and was going to be a starter this year. They have Julian Blackman coming off a big injury, too. So uh, has some real-world repercussions for the Colts. Absolutely. 
And that was News and Notes presented by Upwork, where you can build the team that will build your mm. business. Learn more at Upwork.com. That was like, that was the closest we've ever had to a, like a throwaway news segment, or just like a quick. Just getting caught up. Here's another corpo speak that um, that it would not that news segment would not qualify. Did you guys hear that the live games that that they're going to put on the uh, the new NFL Plus Plus app, app yeah. is the hero content? Which I don't know. That's kind of our thing. We are the hero content. Well, we, not we are, unless we. That is something we should probably trade. More not on. in their eyes, potentially. Right, and uh, they kept saying that, like, well, we're just gonna we're gonna focus on the hero content, and I'm just sitting there being like, we're right here. I'm here. We it's, are the. Hero. It does remind me that it's been a while. I'm a little disappointed since I got a tweet. Like, how dare you refer to yourselves as heroes when the real heroes are out there on the battlefield <laughs> protecting your First and Second Amendment rights. Like, all right, back off. That's fair. That's, that is our We're point of view. Fun. That is that is the stance we take. It's been a while. I'm just saying it's been a little bit since I got that uh, tweet. Uh, and, okay, before we talk with Kyle Brandt, let's share an update. The Dalton scale, which anybody who checked out that episode, thank you very much. We all, uh, Patrick Claibon included, the Ed McMahon to Michael Irvin's Johnny Carson. I wish I had seen all that. That sounds awesome. they fun. Were do, they're doing the laughing. It was they were I doing missed like the all that. handshakes, and it was like awesome. It was like wow, look at Clay. You do not want to be in the front row for this. Colleen had the worst possible seat, front row, middle. Yeah, uh, I, I was front row, and you you miss a lot. So the four of us um, with Patrick talked Dalton Scale, who is the new Prime Meridian. We each nominated a player, and then we uh, put it to a vote. And Justin, we got. Over 5,000 votes on Reddit and Instagram. You want to share the results? Yes. So, Kirk Cousins was the runaway winner with mm. over 50%. Whose nomination was that? That was Mark's. That was Mark's nomination. I just, I just don't believe it. I, I understand well, why. I think the public believes it. I know, but the public is often wrong. And this did not incorporate the hundreds, literally hundreds of comments received on Twitter and Instagram with people just like, Spouting off a their choice. They probably voted though too. They they may have, but they, a lot of people also took issue with like one or two names on the list where it's like, just chill out, you know. Like if you don't look, worry about the list, it wasn't yeah. really about the list. Like Patrick Mahomes is behind Josh Allen or whatever. Don't worry about that. That's not what this ex- exercise was about. God so, forbid they lack context, as uh... <laughs> Claybon explained on the last episode. Lists. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and his nomination, Ryan Tannehill, came in second, twenty eight point five percent. I could live with that. Winston, who Greg nominated, 11.3%. I like, I'm going to take Ouch. third as a victory because you guys all dismissed it so much that at least I was ahead of one of you guys. Uh, That's right. And oh. Matt Ryan, uh, only 9.5%. And I think people took Just thought he was too good. Took issue with the fact that he doesn't reflect Andy Dalton as much because he had such a high peak, and now he's coming down, whereas yeah, Dalton was kind of steady, the average. That's sort I, of not what it's I about. I think it's though. a fundamental disconnect what the exercise is about because – I'm not saying that Matt Ryan was anything like Andy Dalton. He was a he was a All Pro. He was an MVP. Should have won a Super Bowl. Uh, but I'm only talking about the here and now. It does, so I'm not factoring anything else than who Matt Ryan is now. I could see okay. though. I could see why. But people but struggled on with a that, list because with the name. I think part of it is Andy Dalton. But I also what, think people think Matt Ryan's too good. Still, right. Andy That's Dalton, probably the main. Andy reason. Dalton was the the Dalton scale his entire career. Right. Matt Ryan was an MVP candidate four years ago. I mean, was he was a fantastic right. player that went to a Super Bowl. So it kind of defies. I think if you're just looking at the the, the 
the tabulations. Like, it's like it defies I know the concept. Numbers, especially with this particular player, but I get hung up on it. The last two seasons, Kirk Cousins is seventy touchdowns and, okay, 10, but, and fifteen interceptions, and it's like that's the that's the prime meridian. But he's also You're, the picture of frustration, right? In a way that we can't quite describe. I get that. You know, I, I can um, be swayed on some things, and the way that the listeners voted, and the way Mark put the case, and the more that I thought about it. He does embody the Dalton scale in some way. And the more I thought about it, there's more good quarterbacks now, I think, than back then. So maybe that's a little part of the Dalton scale, too, that, yes, Cousins has those great numbers, but where did you end up ranking him? Like 14, 15. That's where Dalton used to be back in the day. And, like, uh, it's hard. You're now well, Dalton the, the moved bar, up and down. Absolutely. The but the bar is sort of higher of what the middle is of where you need a new guy. And um, I think the listeners kind of convinced me that Cousins makes total sense right now, and he's going to ease into that for the next few years possibly. I stand by it. I think give me a year or two. And Cousins <laughs> has to come down a little bit. But I stand by Jameis, Cousins too, by the Cousins is way. the most J- – Jameis, I don't know about the Jameis one. We'll see. You're just high on Jameis for some reason. You always have been. I don't think that's that high, though. The point is it's right in the middle. Yeah, but even you putting need, him in this I'm conversation you, is lifting you need, him up. You need a, a new one if you've got If him. we had to meet in the middle, I think Tannehill was a place we were willing to go. What, he came in second? Yes. Yep. I think okay. we were willing to go there as a group. Of all the men in the NFL to lift up by choice, you you often go back to James Winston. Why? I'm not lifting him up, but he has uh, some nice quarterbacking skills. That's yeah, When he's right on the, the field. Okay. Right in the middle. All right, let's take a break. And when we get back, one of my favorite people in NFL media, Mr. Kyle Brandt. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah, like check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, hey, <laughs> hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you know do that with everyone you meet? try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot? Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or, like, put a sign in your yard, but... All right, so what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. 
Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. All right, time to welcome a great man, a champion in the realm of sports mm-hmm. media. I mean, <laughs> yes. a man has a trophy, mm-hmm. and it is a sports Emmy mm-hmm. for his work with the rest of the team at Good Morning Football. Now he rejoins us on the Around the NFL podcast. What's up, Kyle Brandt? Hello, my friends. Thrilled to be yes. here, especially specifically here geographically where yes. we're sitting right now. This is like uh, when like the Brady Bunch goes to Hawaii, you know, like they do those <laughs> special episodes. I remember the Seavers went to Hawaii once and Growing Pains, right. and this is the heroes. Go, go to California out on the beach. You look great. Yeah, I feel will. great. Great you feel like a natural here. I don't think we've ever done a podcast with you in person unless I'm just, like, misremembering. No. But you have big shoes so to either. fill because, you know, your co-host, Pete Traeger, was here last year, I believe. Was it was the last time we did it in person. And he awkwardly held a, uh, a microphone wrapped up with a towel the a whole time. Mic, and we yeah. were con- why? We were and I still wonder about it. it. Well, we he was under why. the hot burning sun. So we're in a nice shaded area this, this time. This Thanks to our production team. And then, yeah, we have the, the Pacific Ocean over our, yep, our shoulders It's beautiful here. here at the Los Santa Monica um, Resort or Hotel. Is it a resort? doesn't matter. Kyle. Yeah. Uh, when Traeger was here, uh-huh. Mark awkwardly asked Traeger who he respected the most, and then Traeger gave an honest answer and said Greg. And it was highly <laughs> Did he have any rationale? No, well, there was, there was Everyone a, was a little surprised by it. There was that. no irony to it, um, and he did have a rational. I think he basically <laughs> just explained that Greg and Greg's football past allowed that respect to be greater than what he felt for right. so the rest very, of us. A very we were in easy New York at the same though. time, like uh, oh, okay. in, the, in the aughts, so right. that, that, there but was he, something he, there. there. There was a very easy non-answer to give there. He chose to give the answer. Now, we settled that beef with him. Now there's another one to settle. Okay. Uh, do you remember when you were down under for a, a project you were working on, a massive NFL fan, also a fan of your show, yeah. uh, GMFB, ATN, yeah. approached you. He was an actor, and you told the whole story on television. And then uh, when you referenced our show. What happened? Uh, I'm you, nervous, Dan. What are you doing? This is how you, find out. This is how oh, you no. described it. Dan, Greg, all the guys. And you need to know, and I know you and Mark know each other professionally more than personally at this stage, that that's something that stuck with Mark for easily. Uh, It threw me for a loop. Because uh, it's not it's not as if it's such a large ensemble that it'd be hard to f- remember the other guy. Um, but it, it it does it sticks with me still. But uh, I am a person who believes in uh, ironing out these things, and, and I, I really feel nothing but good feelings for you. You didn't you don't think you felt? Well, how did I say it? And all the guys, yeah, just like oh yeah, ATN, Dan, Greg, all the all guys. The guys. <laughs> well, let's hear it again, just in case. Do it, do it, do it. Dan, Greg, all the guys. Damn. That's a tough beat. It really is. I feel it, the second you were teeing it up, Dan, I knew where this was going. It was only a matter of which name did I leave out. You know, I'm going to immediately relate. Uh, a couple Super Bowls ago, when it was Bucks versus Chiefs, Burleson was doing the thing where he was interviewing, like, Brady and Mahomes. And, like, mm-hmm. before the game. And Brady at the end made this nice comment. It's like, hey, Nate, I love the show that you guys do. I love, you know, you and Peter and Kay, like just a great show. <laughs> and so I, I relate and I empathize. And like, I just, I took that one right between the eyes from Brady. Yeah. I, you just had to take it from me in Australia, probably like hung over or something. But I, I still apologize. I, I accept your apology. And it's, <laughs> it I, I, what I like about this is that I've now had a minor rift with two members of Good Morning Football. And, and 
in, had a, then we right. solved it and got out of it, too. Well, well, you know what? There's only two left, so you've had the full <laughs> set, guys. That's it. You have the complete box set. And I like to be a mediator. I'm efforting right now here at the Los Santa Monica to get Greg Rosenthal and Ian Rappaport together oh, yeah. to work out some differences they're dealing with right now. But I feel like this one is squashed. And we're good, so we can move What forward. differences do you guys have that you're the same person? Like, oh, there's an wow. amazing now likeness we have between two. <laughs> that was more problematic than anything that you said about Mark. Um, but we awkwardly started to bridge that gap um, at, at a pre-mixer uh, stress that, awkward. that Dan and Mark were too big to even show up to. Last but, night. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. That was a fun pre-mixer, too. Yeah. You guys missed out. Well, you know. We're here. We're here at this event. It's a long yeah. two days. Right. It is a so, long two days. And before we get, I have a couple of questions, Kyle. We okay. don't have a lot of time. We're in the middle of this talent summit, and we were told we're making you work at your by, lunch break. Everyone else wants to. Just well, he, if he wasn't at the, if he was at the lunch right now, and Kyle, tell me if I'm wrong, you'd be subjected to a lot of awkward small talk with a bunch of people. Like me personally, this this makes it even better because now I don't have to do things like that that make me uncomfortable. Maybe, Kyle, you're more an extrovert, perhaps. But no, you're all yeah. over it. If I was not here, I'd be sitting here having Scott Hansen ask me how my kids are, which I respect, Scott. It's really nice. But, like, here, we're making some content. Oh, Scott, who tried to cut us in line today when, the, you know, very nice. Ooh, let's, 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 a lot of beefs to be. The buffet be, line? You know. Uh, it was not the buffet line. It was they're giving us suits this year. I think. Yeah. Oh yeah. Signed this contract, and now they're like. This oh, is not going to drum real. up a ton of sympathy with the listeners, but we're getting ex- <laughs> very expensive free suits from the custom-made suits. We're yeah. scheduled for eight fifteen, right? Yeah. Me and Greg, right on time. Mark, not your typical way. Should roll in like a with your aviators on at eight thirty-five. Hanson rolls in close to sure. eight forty, and he tries to get in front of us. And Greg, to your credit, you gave it to him a little bit. Did you? Yeah, I was just yeah. saying you are not cutting in front of us. Right. And uh, I maybe gave it to him a little too much. Like I was bit. like, if you were a as little, is your way. I, as, if you were a little less condescending when you came in here, trying to, then maybe we would have allowed. Oh. Those exact no. words from Greg. Is that right? <laughs> I must tell you one nice thing he did because we, you know, I'm wearing a sports coat as as you, Dan. We yeah. had to take this one off to get mm-hmm. fitted by a very elegant. Uh, Clothing person. He's a fancy man. And yeah, Scott, Scott, what nicely hung up this jacket I'm wearing on a hanger and, and smoothed it out. So he's not a total. No, he's a very. He's a very nice man, but he tried to say like he had some appointment or something like that. I was like, no way, are you big timing us? We're all here for the same thing. Like we would have been there ten fifteen. Scott also minutes. said he's taking a flight um, out of the country, and he has all of our episodes queued up. For the flight, which if it's true, wow, uh, and he's going to get to this, and then we're going to have beef with Scott. But let's we are. let's get yeah, back let's get on track. Hi, Scott. <laughs> so, Kyle. Yeah. Uh, again, congratulations on the Emmy. I, I introduced you as a champion. Do you f- when you won when you're at the event and they announce Good Morning Football, and this was kind of mm-hmm. like you weren't the, the Susan Lucci no. of the category. Uh, if anyone gets that reference. But for many years, that was the territory of a PTI, I believe. Yeah. Uh, so when you guys finally get over the hump and win it, do you feel like you won the Super Bowl in a way? It Take was us through it all. Yeah. L- listen, the, you go to the sports Emmys, and people call them the sports Emmys, sort of to separate them from the real Emmys. And people say it's political and it's it's overdone. And they, that, 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 and I don't care. It was awesome. We, we got a big-ass trophy. And if you know the actual Emmy trophy, it is ridiculously over the top. It is like an angel holding up the earth. <laughs> it's so opulent. It's, there's no subtlety to the Emmy trophy. So I got that. And you get nominated. And like, all right, so it's it's PTI, just like seminal program. We all grew up watching. Sure. Sports Center, uh, Dan Patrick, Rich Eisen. And it was Bamani Jones up there, who Bamani is just characteristically kind of underspoken. It's what he does. And so he just pulls it out and says, 
Good morning, football. And we, I, I lost our, I lost my mind. We, Peter and I actually screamed in the audience. Uh, we're sitting right behind Mike Tirico, who would go on to win for, like, best host or something really prestigious. It was unbelievably cool. And, Very like, cool. I just I, – I remember having, like um, – if we lose again, which we this would be our third time, not like have a cool losing face. Like sometimes sure. these guys go crazy. I remember uh, when Burt Reynolds lost for Boogie Nights, he lost to Robin Williams, and he was clearly pissed off. The most famous one is Bill Murray for Lost in Translation. Like had this terribly like a sour face because he lost, and I'm like, just have a cool <laughs> face, you know? Like just be like, yeah, they great job. You don't want to be. Patrick, you don't want to. Yeah. Sometimes they are too happy. Like it, it's a little too much. Like the where Meryl they Streep, they, yeah. they go crazy for the right. person that they ones, and then, it, and yeah. then it's uh, too much. We we've been in similar situations though, Kyle. We know that feeling. Yes. Um, when the 2013 Stitcher Award sure. for Best New Podcast was stolen by our producer after she had it delivered directly to her house yeah. after she had already left the company, that was like a similar type of uh-huh. vibe that we felt. That was kind of unique moment. though, because we got the experience <laughs> of winning and losing at the same. Time. I mean, we we <laughs> grieved together as a group through that, and uh, but it still stings. It's, um, I can tell it stings, and I, you know what doesn't. Haven't sting won though? anything since. It's fine. You will maybe for this episode. We got the sweet vindication. My biggest takeaway from the Emmy is that finally, once we cut the dead wood of Nate Burleson, we were able to win. So like two nominations with Nate, no wins. Nate leaves, mm. immediate win. Mm. Right. And so Good I don't call. think that's a I don't think that's a coincidence. And we're a quarter of the way to EGOTs, me and Schrager. The, oh, to- the Tony it. is going to be next. All right, there you go. <laughs> now. Uh, I want to play another thing here. What do you got but now? Of course. Wow. Kyle stole the draft uh, with oh. his uh, ramp-up and pump-up speech about the Buffalo Bills. Here's a little portion of it. In my hands, I hold the most important pick of this entire round because this pick is the only pick who will win the Super Bowl in his rookie year. And Kyle, now yeah. <laughs> I, it did cross my mind. And again, we sung your praises on the show when this happened Thanks. too, because it was really uh, fun and well done. And and the ramp up to get to the location yeah. just masterfully played, sir. But I did think to myself when you took the bite of the chicken wing at mm-hmm. the very end, if that got caught in the gullet and you went down <laughs> and you didn't come back up. We've talked about this, Greg, with other things, that what would be the appropriate amount of time that would pass before people would kind of be able to make fun of how Kyle, Mm. we lost Kyle. Oh, that was it for him. Yeah. If I died on stage right there? Yeah, choking on a chicken wing is part of the Bills bit. You know what I say, w- w- William Wallace. Every man dies. Not every man really lives. You know, right. if, if that's how I'm going to go, I'll go down in my Zubas on stage. I, it's fine. Right. So that's like the Saturday. That's Saturday, right? Or that yeah. was Friday. That was Friday night. I second feel like and third by round. Monday nights, total access. That's given enough time. Like right. C block. Just have a little fun. That with feels it. appropriate. Right. Willie and, and uh, Carr just chopping it up a little bit. Well, we've also we've often asked if we were you know go down in a plane crash. Right. Yeah. What what block of total access would we even be? Would they mention that, <laughs> or would was, it just be? This would was it be a the Damashek cr- bit, yeah. Or would it be the crawl underneath? Maybe would it be, would it be mentioned? Uh, we're in the E block, I think. E but block. if you if you died announcing uh, Baylor linebacker Terrell Bernard, like that's mm. how you went down. Yeah, I, I believe it's a national it, story. It is. Yeah. I want segments done on it. I want Good Morning Football to do in or out Kyle's death. Did we like it? <laughs> yeah. How did he play it? I want to do a, a breakdown. I want to do. A, Peter can do angry deaths in my homage with a uh, with a with a scepter. I, please make fun of me if that ever well, happens like again. JJ Reddick is you know making fun of Stephen A for being insensitive yes. about it. The the whole thing uh, right. would, would be amazing. Now it, and 
Let's talk about it because you do what you guys do for GMFB. Like, yeah. We go through the off season, but we don't do five days a week. We don't do three-hour shows like yeah. you guys do. And I'm curious because you're a Chicago guy, um, and yet you've, you've kind of gravitated towards the Bills. How did that happen, first of all? Is that just from kind of falling for the team as, as part of the NFL Network machine, or um, where did, how did you become a Bills guy? How did that it, Just organically. Like we, yeah. You talk so much about the teams for so many shows over so many hours. It was a, f- a couple of years ago, and I just like – I started getting worked up, and I was hyping the Bills, and I liked them, and I was teeing into all those people not believing in them. And so you do some sort of rant, and then people online like it, and they're like, do another one, and then they win. And then then the team's like, will you do one officially for us? And I said, sure. And so everyone's like, everyone will be like, dude, like I had no idea you were from Buffalo. And I'm like, not only am I not from Buffalo, <laughs> I have never been to Buffalo in my life. I've never visited the city at the time. And then it just kind of snowballs. And so now people are like, oh, so you're a Bills fan. I'm like, I'm not a Bills fan. I'm not. I don't care if they lose. I'm an enthusiast for the team. I'm That's, not a Bears fan either. You guys can just uh, di- like divide that, right? As people in the media, sure. like you like certain teams, sure, but like it's not like you're a, an eight year old with a hot dog in the stands and you're gonna cry if they lose. I'm not no, a Bills they fan. are. They are like that. Uh, no, no we're raging, yeah. raging yeah. professionals. So. I don't, uh, I don't it, know. I, I agree. I think that's a fun and healthy way to to work in the NFL too. Like I think Wes had that. Uh, as well. It's how the team of the Around the NFL podcast first came up. Is like We really liked that 2013 Panthers team. Or I, I don't remember which it was. It was one of the, the Cam Newton team. Panthers team? Yeah, it, was, it was one of the Cam Newton teams and we sort of like organically you wait and see which team is kind of you know, floating your boat that season, and then you jump on board, and you have four, little, 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 you have four or five of those because you like Greg, sports, you're right. you you're like absolutely right. football, and they're uh, attracted to you, and you're going to be at work Sunday. It makes that Sunday more fun, and it doesn't have to be as heavy either. You don't have to be, like, crushed when they lose. Let's be real, though. It, it, it would never... The team would never be picked unless Wes was 100% behind it. It was mm-hmm. essentially the team of Westio. Right, and also, <laughs> and also uh, Greg using the terminology or using the phrase fun and healthy way. Like, don't be condescending. Just because Mark and I ride or die with our teams or we're until something happens I just with a quarterback. mean you, yeah. you can handle it better emotionally. But I don't the, cry. There's moments. Yeah, I don't cry. It was close after the Week 17 uh, Jets loss in 2015, <laughs> and we had to bonus. do a show sure. afterwards. Dan was not. That was the greatest state. act of professionalism that's ever been seen on the program. <laughs> are you By on anyone. any text threads with Bills players? Are mm. they are the players themselves aware of your f- not fandom but enthusiasm? Um, I I DM just a little bit with Josh Allen, okay. a little bit. There like we, we we've met Look a couple times, we've had a couple conversations. So like, um, I met Josh Allen's father in the airport, Joel Allen, who, <laughs> as you know, is a farmer from Fireball, California. Like that is a Man, that's right. a great name. Big ass handshake. <laughs> super nice to meet you. Canned ham, Mark McGuire forearms, like just sure. exactly like you would think. So I know them just a little bit, but other than that, like no, no, it's not really like well, that. one little follow up. Are are the Allens? Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, as impressed with your summertime bod as I am. You're looking very sharp. I mean, you've been on this mission for a while, but. <laughs> It's an impressive physique. I, I'm surprised it took you so long to get to this one. Thank you for saying that. Thank I, you I noticed much. he had he has notes, and the and the first Does note say- is Kyle's body. <laughs> <laughs> he wrote it down like he wasn't gonna remember <laughs> during the media summit. It. it says Kyle's body. Kyle's body. Do you right? think so you could uh, you could put your signature on that? Give him an autograph. We should put that out on Instagram. Yes. Yeah. Thank you very much, Mark. Thank you. Thank you. I'm sure you have other better things to talk about than my body. Uh, 
that, that's who really, that's, that's the main reason we had you here. Wait, <laughs> as a Bills fan, wait, first of all, who's that second round pick that you announced? It's Terrell cool. Bernard. It's going to be cool you're kind of attached to him throughout his career. Cool. And it's good that you didn't die because then he would have that sort of hanging on him like if his career didn't go, like right. the whole thing. Sure. He would have to right. do it for you. So that's good. You guys will be connected. Do you think, though, that this offseason, them sort of being the team and, and – I, I I don't push back against this conventional wisdom that they are kind of the team going into the season. They, they should have won the Super Bowl last year. Yeah. I think if you replayed how it went, they, to me, were the best team at the end. It just didn't work out that way. Now they're the favorite. Like, their fans get upset if there's, like, a list where they're not number one. Yes, correct. Or if their quarterback or their defense is even ranked number three. It's getting – it's a lot. And just knowing how the NFL works, it just – even looking at the Bills last year, the expectations were sky high. You know. And the offense coming into it d- didn't quite perform at first. Is there any concern? And you looking at this team kind of going into the season of, A, you kind of have to handle the expectations as the heavyweights, but you actually haven't won in anything yet. No. It's one of the tougher spots to be. It's almost being like a Super Bowl uh, runner-up. Yeah, Greg, it's terrifying. Are you kidding me? They, they, the first game of the season is five miles from here against the Rams. They could easily lose that game, and then the sky is falling already. And it's like the, it, I, I'm trying to think of a team – like they had just never really won anything and that have expectations this high. Mm-hmm. Like if, if they if they get to the title game this year and like lose on a last second field, which is an amazing season, that is a bitter soul crushing loss and a terrible wasted season in the eyes of the Bills fans. So yeah, like they're loaded and we all agree that they're loaded as hell. But um, if I, I did a quarterback ranking the other day because June sure. and uh, <laughs> I had like I had Rogers one and Allen second. Like they're like, I guess you're off the bandwagon. You're out. You're. I'm like, oh, hold on a second. I got him above Mahomes, above Brady. I just because he's second. They were furious. So like, the sensitivity is going to be really fun to play with because if they start out like three and two, right. fine, disaster. Like the the world is burning. Well, the pressure, like it's, the it's pressure, pressure would just build thicker. on. Them. I don't. They don't want to hear it. But there's like a. Just statistically, there's probably like a 30% chance they don't win the division either, that they're playing a road game to start the playoffs. Well, everything went so right the last two years. Just because that's how the NFL is. Like, I I think they are the best team. Like, they would be my pick to win the Super Bowl. I'm not really even pushing against them. That's why they're number one in the power But that's just sort of – that's just how (laughs) the NFL goes. I know. Um, They were ranked 10th in um, DVOA. Um, mm. last year, which people kind of forget about because how awesome they closed and how Allen was just unstoppable uh, in the playoffs. Um, but that is the one thing that would be on my radar is Ken Dorsey taking over Brian Dable. Sure. What what happens there? Because there were, if you really want to drill in on their season last year, and I know you were, uh, that they really struggled in points last year with Dable. So now another year, the division should be better. It's not a slam dunk. So it's... It, it's going to be maybe not to not to you know get down on the Bills at all, but if you're a Bills fan, this season maybe won't be as quote unquote fun as the last couple because the expectations mm-hmm. are so high that you're mm-hmm. just expected to mm-hmm. be back at the game you got eliminated at last year, but you got to win that game. Yeah, and the one after it. How about should. when Josh Allen met Josh Allen? Can't have that happen. That again. was kind of cool. Yeah, the Jaguar thing, right? Yeah, um, a moment. Yeah, it, they, they did have a moment. They, the thing that I think my bottom line about the Bills in the offseason is, like, if they did not add Von Miller, if they did not draft any players, I still think they're going to be the Super Bowl favorite. I still think they were. Like, I agree. Those things were all 
I'm rich, screw it purchases, like someone who like is just going to get heated floors in their bathroom because they can afford to. Like right. You don't need to get Von Miller, but we're going to do it anyway. Also, we're going to draft a punter because he's the best punter anyone's seen in 20. 20- like It's full on like it's one percenter. I'm going to get a walk-in humidor because I don't know what to do with my money, so I'll buy stupid stuff that I don't need. Ooh. They're that loaded. They, they Something changed in their season about halftime of Tampa. Before that, oh my God, I the know. offense really wasn't the Bills offense that we kind of re- remember it as. And, and my big thing with them that I'm worried about is whenever you go into a season, it's like everything is great except for the offensive line. It's like, well, that's that's a problem. <laughs> and to me, like on paper, they're probably average. And there's a scenario where they're significantly below average offensive line. And that's just like – it's not going to torpedo your season, but then you're just one of, like, Scary. seven AFC teams that has a chance. That seems more realistic. Finally, before we say goodbye, yeah. Kyle, and thank you again for sure. the time. Um, you're a pop culture dude. Okay. You are uh, – you just did a hard-to-kill Seagal yeah. retrospective with Simmons, which yeah. I can't wait to listen to. Um, football movies. Mm-hmm. Football movies, okay. Well, we got to get we got to get a good one in there. I feel like it's been a while. It has. Um, the last one, it's, I think it's telling that draft day, mm-hmm. which was, you know, all, all due respect, Mark, kind that of is piece a piece of shit. It is, it is a C, <laughs> C, solid C. I think it, it was, brought it up was, all the time. It was full of heart from start to finish. <laughs> uh, forget that. <laughs> Kyle, Kyle doesn't know this, but, and maybe our new listeners don't, that, uh, they showed it to us and they asked people from the NFL <laughs> For, I was uh, going to gloss over it, Mark, but now we're in Written content, but Kyle needs to know Wait, this. is this true? They, were you guys were consultants? They, uh, no. We, were, we went to a screening for NFL media employees in 2013 or whatever when the movie came out. Yeah. And then they asked, they asked, hey, if you want to like give us some type of write-up, yeah. we might use you in the promotion, and they really used Mark. And they used they, his <laughs> quote, full of heart from start to finish, I on wrote the a long, chunky of their advertisement. It was a long, chunky paragraph where I tried to balance the the positive aspects of the film and its shortcomings, but at some point that you know they just grab what they want and I, I put full, of, find full the, of heart from start to finish that and that files. gets at the pull quote on like eighteen. <laughs> That's posters. just the kind of quote that they like. They do. They like the full of heart from start to finish. That's what, like it's one, one of my favorite moments quotes. in our podcast yes. it's a great it's a great premise for a movie that they didn't quite land. What about the idea? What if we get behind it as producers mm-hmm. or some way and we reboot it? And we try again, draft day. Draft day. Or original IP. Any ideas that you had that we could kind of spitball? Well, the draft day thing, the first question you have to answer is, who's the team going to be? Like, who's that featured team? You know, it originally was the Bills. And then they rewrote it for the Browns because of, I think, tax breaks or something where they could film it. Uh, Well, listen, I'm looking in your direction in terms of the teams that they would need to focus on. And I I think you have to have a New York-based team, and I think it has Mm. to be the Jets. Mm. And I think it's immediately got some edge. Um, I I think you redo it, or even there's a sequel, or, you know, there's something. But the draft is always an amazing theater. Maybe you need more people in this scene where somebody comes out and chokes on a chicken wing and dies at the end of it, (laughs) and then everyone just makes fun of them. Someone can play him, like Jeremy Renner or something. Frank Langella. <laughs> Frank Langella would be perfect. <laughs> Ellen Burstyn. Isn't that Costa's mom in that movie? Yeah, we or we do, it's like, uh, you know, a spinoff, like a Better Call Saul with Jennifer Garner's character as sure. a, a cap analytics ac- expert. We just mm-hmm. really dig it deeper on her arc. That's fine. These nice three-hour three hour think piece. I feel like the, the features have suffered because the documentaries are usually, have been so good. I love that movie, Undefeated, which is on Netflix, but I remember seeing it. Is that, that J.K. Simmons one? No, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a documentary about like a high school team. I just always end up loving those. Last Chance uh, You is great. Yeah, and mm-hmm. to me, they net like the features never match that sort of drama. 
We haven't had it in a minute. It's been a while. It's been a while. We'll work on it. Okay. We're going to work on it, Kyle. Nothing you have to work on, at least in the gym, according to Mark. Hey, now. Kyle's body. It says it right there on, on, his, on the notes. Here. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank All you right. very much. Kyle Brandt, thank you very much, buddy. And uh, maybe we'll have a cocktail a little later. Uh, listen, um, Dan, Greg, guys, thank you for having. Thank you for having me very much. It's always a pleasure. We're back in a bad place. <laughs> All right, there goes Kyle Brandt. That was awesome. Uh, also awesome. Late in the seminar on Wednesday, they brought out two guest speakers as a part of the um, podcast segment. Podcast Power Hour. Podcast Power Hour. We were not asked to come. I up thought the it stage, was going to be about our podcast, and it wasn't mentioned once, which was fine. Yeah. Again, right. I just kind of like to lay low for this event, uh, but. Two ladies that have successfully launched a show called 90210 Oh My God, Tori Spelling and Jenny Garth, um, the act- actresses. I mean, OMG to be a, the official name. Oh, is that what it was? Sorry. Uh, they came out, and then, of course, after uh, when the Q&A opened up to that, Kyle, a noted pop culture buff, especially in that era, rose his hand and asked a very direct question about a specific plot line from an episode from 1993. <laughs> When I, I think also That's a great moment, and they had no <laughs> recollection of what he was talking about. But they were they, Tori Spelling it. and Jenny Garth, who, if you're of a certain age, are iconic. Jenny Garth, especially right. to to some of us, um, both were quite taken aback by Kyle Brandt and noted his cuteness uh, multiple times. Wow. Who did? Like I didn't remember. On I don't stage? remember that yeah. at all. Mark's projecting. What, what are you again? About? Mark, they never said anything about. They his... absolutely talked about the fact that he was. He, they you know. literally at one point she <laughs> called him adorable, which I actually took. Well, that's in, what I'm referring to. All the adorable. players, the D'Angelo well, and Ladanian Tomlinson, who we were sitting next to, took it in the way I did, which is like. It was a nice pat on the head of like, oh, aren't you an adorable little fan? And if uh, anything, I don't I think don't it was I a good they, I, I thought that uh. they thought he, – he tried very hard with, his, with yeah. his comment. I don't mean that in a negative way, but he was a subject matter expert. I'm not surprised he was, and I think they were uh, flattered you, by it. It was an interesting choice though, because uh, I told Emika, my, my wife, last night about it, and I mentioned to her how – at least half the people in the room had no idea who they were because they were too, you know, the people in the room, like a graver if he had been, you know, too young. They have no clue. And that shocked Emma because she was like, what? That how would they not? Well. How would they not know them? And I was like, if you're like 38 or under, you probably do Especially not know Garth. Them. I think Spelling, you know, with her reality show is a little more on the As a, um, a 1980 baby, I, I'll give you my, um, uh, my babe Mount Rushmore from 1991. And I'll tell you, Jenny Garth was on that. Absolutely. On that side of that mountain uh, in the Abe Lincoln spot. Abe was on Mount Rushmore, right? Abe, Abe famously, so. uh, you know. Uh, Anybody know? Don't ask me open-ended questions. G- Abe, George Washington, Abe Thomas though, Jefferson. Abe, though, famously Roosevelt, not, not a looker. A gigantic Rosie. man, but kind of not a looker. George Washington would have been Abe's a better uh, example of like a I handsome, think, striking I think Abe man. Lincoln was kind of sneaky hot. <laughs> And All also, he, I think he'd get, he'd get better sad, looking at it the more you knew him thing. because of his wisdom anyway, and his, you know, his oratory Here's skills. The, Weird beard. we got to get Ian over here. Um, but <laughs> Jenny Garth, um, Kathy Ireland. No arguments. Vanessa Williams. Mm. Could go nice. with that. Didn't save the best for last. Uh, the best for last for me is Tiffany Amber Thiessen, Kelly okay. Kapowski. And Tori Spelling. I know her more. Clever save... The best for last uh, play on Wednesday. Yeah, there. thank you. Uh, Say by the Bell, she played Violet, uh, the nerd, in a recurring role, uh, Screech's girlfriend. I wanted to ask about that, but then Kyle sucked up all the oxygen with his. And I said, well, you can't double down because then you're kind of 
again, asking them to go down a memory wormhole that they have no interest in going down. But I would have had a say by the Bell violent You're a true question. pro. You're a yeah. true pro. You, re- you understood the room. Right. All right. Understanding the room, Greg, that is sometimes something that I feel like you battle with, um, certainly today uh, with the conversation with management. I mean, I understood it. I knew exactly what I was getting into. I don't give a, you know, I wanted, I wanted them to feel me. You, you the, know, you are the bad boy of NFL media. <laughs> but what happens when you come and clash with one of the more visible um, members of NFL media, the newsbreaker, Ian Rappaport, drama between the two men. And here is the conversation that we had, Ian, Greg, Mark, and myself. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists. Like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, as promised, you know, I, I sometimes I'm the target of some good-natured ribbing about giving myself too many nicknames. Um, but I'll risk it again and, and let you know there's another nickname that I want to bring to the forefront. <laughs> All right. <laughs> the Peacemaker. Oh, my gosh. And um, sitting out to of my all, right. Of all people, I don't know if that's. It does not seem more like the It's not the sh- You're allowed to curse on here? No, but I'm just giving great. Sitting to my right is a um, longtime friend, known him for over 20 years. And and, and sitting to my left is um, a work colleague that I've known for 10 and worked so closely with. Yeah. So to see... A, a I mean, do we have beef now? You just called him a friend and I'm a work colleague. That's just called reality. Um, Go ahead. To wow. see the friendship dissolve between Greg Rosenthal and Ian Rappaport, uh, it's been difficult. So now we've brought them together, Mark, yeah. to try to iron things out. Now the Peacemaker is going to back out of the way 
And uh, Mark, if you want to jump in and, and help mediate in your own way, that's great. Well, I think it's it's primarily the role of these two individuals to to heal whatever's gone on. Um, I'm not sure that's a home run that's going to happen here because you know Ian is Ian, but um, Greg is one of the more hyper contrarians on the earth. So where is this going to go? Ian is Ian felt like an insult. Well, yeah. no, I mean, I, mean, I, I actually just yeah. put nothing. I, I, yeah, I'm not one. claiming to know your personality I mean, in depth. But on I one do hand, know that this is a manufactured joke, uh, to, to use a popular phrase on this podcast. But on the other hand, I have people within the company um, coming up to me at this meeting and saying, like, oh, what's, what's, your, uh, <laughs> what's your beef with Ian here? So this, this thing that you've started that— uh, in terms I of, didn't start anything. In terms anything. of making it public, um, you know, you're also trying to bring together. But I will, I will mention a situation last night. It's funny because I saw Ian, and we're not the type to, I think, take, take things too personally. Sure. Uh, and Ian, Generally I, I, I come true. over to a group which has some high-powered executives in yes. this little group last night. One at the NFL, one outside the NFL, shadowy, a shadowy league figure there. And— and I assume we're going to ignore whatever's going on here, Ian and I. But the first thing Ian does is just, like, give me a big scowl face and, like, to make everyone sure. I was just like, oh, yeah. me, me, and, me and Ian are in a fight. We're <laughs> yeah. in a cold war. You could have used the like, peacemaker, and that's I was like, I was like, well, I was like, this was not the spot to do it. I don't think you really want to go through it in front of these people. I didn't want to go through it, but. You can't ignore something like okay, that. It's exactly. like you know, it's like if you're on you air. You don't have and you to make like a cartoonish mad face either. That was my regular face. Yeah, but <laughs> that's um, resting Ian face. Yeah, resting Ian face. Um, no, it's like if you do something dumb on TV, like the only way to get past it is to acknowledge it. Yes, like, that's I fair. like to acknowledge this cold war that is happening. And for people who don't know, who don't know um, Greg and I have been friendly. So probably friendly. I've never been over to your house, so we can't say we're friends. But we've been friendly for a long time. <laughs> Uh, he will often text me asking me for information, and I will text him uh, my various observations that go on on this podcast, which I will listen to infrequently, uh, and other things. <laughs> I love this so and much. It feels like a one-sided relationship. <laughs> this is, on no, that. This is no, Dad's favorite no, moment. He's okay. enjoying it. Yep. Um, and then I saw a tweet by, and I'm not going to talk about the topic of the tweet. Well, well, we have to. What are you talking about? But it was, okay, well, it was... Discussing the coverage of Deshaun Watson, it was lumping all of the uh, national reporters in together as if all of us were on the same page in ignoring or uh, deciding that the Deshaun Watson coverage would be the same. And I believe what Greg was upset with mostly was we were talking about the football part of it, right? And you felt we were talking too much about the football part of it? I think that the way that the it was covered throughout the process was, yes, essentially assisting Deshaun Watson's agent in getting that trade and getting that contract. Like, that part of my feeling about it didn't change. That the, the way the media, and you're just part of that, you know. And we had a long conversation on the day of the Watson press conference because that day I thought was an important day because it was like the local reporters got in and I think got to ask the types of questions that – the national reporters won't because I think ultimately they had relationships that they were trying to protect that got a higher um, importance in the reporting on our network and on ESPN and on Fox and wherever else uh, than just actually reporting what was going on here. See, I don't think that's true. But first of all, the reason the local reporter, reporters got to ask Deshaun Watson all these questions and they did it again the other day at minicamp is because they were literally there. So... I have met Deshaun Watson a couple of times. I do not know him well. I don't have the kind of audience with him where I could ask him the kind of questions that you would at a press conference. Uh, what I do know is that 
we have, and I believe I have, and Pelissero has, and Garofolo has, uh, covered it, all of it. So when some of the accusers had a press conference, uh, kind of early on in this, I can't remember when that was, but it was last year. It, it was like August or yeah, August, it was October. Or yeah, it was kind of when this had really started. We covered that. Um, when there was a new lawsuit, we often covered that. Um, I would not say that we covered every single detail because there's been so many details, but we have covered the bad, and then we have covered, there's not been a lot of good, but then we've covered the football. And this was a time to cover the football because he had just been traded. It was all about the trade, what it means for the football team, his contract, what that meant. And just because we were covering the football part of it today, that day, didn't overshadow the fact that we'd covered all of it over the last several months. And that was my main point to you. See, this is Dan. Dan's disappointed by this because ultimately we're getting to like a nitty gritty of like how <laughs> how the media. Don't speak for me. Dan, Dan, Dan has calmly set this up and I think, I think he's, he's listening. I actually think even though, yes, I, I like the heat. The heat's fun. I think it's good that Ian's talking about this Absolutely. because this has been a major part of the Watson story, and Greg, you've been very outspoken, so it's good actually to hear from Ian, who right. is in a very difficult situation. I mean, where Ian's role at the company and Ian's job um, is to find a, a balance to that. So Right, but I would disagree that it was like, okay, right there it was all, was about the football, so that was what was covering. My problem was with the entire six months leading up to it. I think throughout the process, a lack of context uh, of what Watson was accused of doing and and also how that could impact like what is moving forward absolutely made it easier for the Browns to give him this contract, made it easier for his agent to make this money, made it easier for his uh, lawyer uh, to well, also keep, keep fighting against it. And one thing I've really come to, to believe is that Deshaun Watson's the last person I feel bad for in this scenario, but I think the way that his agent um, has used his media relationships to gain favorable coverage, and that's not like pro-Watson, it's just just silence. But what wasn't brought up in a lot of our coverage is all the negative aspects of what's going to happen when Deshaun and if Deshaun Watson gets traded before he's actually suspended, before these cases were settled. And we are seeing that? that now. What do you mean by that? What I mean is that I think the Browns and I think Watson in general are continually surprised about how difficult this process has been and is going to continue to be. And it never made sense to me for him to get traded and for all the business part of it to happen before the legal and especially before the NFL suspension thing happened because of this. And I think if if the Browns knew how the last couple of months were going to go. And I think if Deshaun Watson knew how the last six months would go, I think they probably would have acted maybe differently. I don't think he wouldn't have necessarily gotten that huge commission for his agent and that huge contract. I don't think it would have happened uh, well, then, nearly then it, as, as quickly and as easily. And you can say, oh, that's him doing a good job. But it's not because this is going to follow Deshaun Watson forever. He it's starting to dawn on him and the Browns. I think that like this isn't going to go away. And I think one of the reasons why they entered into it is they felt like it was going away because for the most part it had gone away well, and, from and the national media. And you think of the timing of it. Um, I disagree with a lot of things you just said, but you think of the timing of it. Um, it the trade happened. Was it a couple days within the week of? Uh, him being receiving a no bill from one grand jury and then the next grand jury, right? So that yep. was 
So the trade, now obviously there's been uh, two and then maybe two more lawsuits in addition to that. Obviously there's been all these depositions, a lot of which has become public. There's been a lot of reporting since then. But the trade and the discussions that we were having on air and in other places all happened in the context of him receiving a no bill, which obviously does not mean he's innocent, but it does mean he is not going to be indicted by a grand jury. So I think that... Uh, those two facts, the two grand juries, did color the kind of coverage that we gave, um, which is he's not going to be charged legally. So that sort of gave a window to all of us, I think, to talk about the football part of it, which really paved the way for the trade. Right. I mean, I just I we don't need to go in circles, and this is similar in some ways, but we we got into it a little more, like in a conversation, like I meant, and it, it wasn't personal. It was just. I really disagreed with the way we like I I it's not just you that I talked to about this. I talked to some of the news editorial executives about this too cuz it was upsetting. Ultimately, we all work for NFL Media, NFL Network. You want to be like proud of the coverage that you can do and you should try to like impact the coverage in any way you can. And I and having gone through the Greg Hardy and Ray Rice situations, which is very different, but that was at a at a time when I was having a deal with how we were handling that stuff editorial. I was kind of amazed that, A, we had forgotten a lot of the lessons in theory we had learned from back then, and B, we're, I think we were worse now. Like, because I'm not an expert in almost anything, but one thing I feel like I have good experience from after the last 15 years is how the sports media sausage was getting made. And I was seeing how people who are lining their pockets off of Deshaun Watson, namely his agent, but his lawyer too, and the networks and, and other things who, who wanted this to go away for the purpose of making money, were helping to make this issue go away. And it's not helping him, uh, and it's not helping the Browns. In the end, I think like this is going to work out worse than any of them imagined it would, and it has. I, I, I would say the assumption that they have all bought the – silence of the media it doesn't make any sense to me first of all we're talking about it here and in many many other places two i've not had any we're able to talk about it on our podcast because no one pays attention to our podcast but we couldn't exactly have these conversations on nfl that Network. is not true though we talk about this constantly on nfl network we've talked about the allegations we talked about the fallout we talked about the new lawsuits uh Pelicero did total access yesterday and his topic was deshaun watson and the new lawsuits. And so I feel like we do talk about it. Every time it comes up, every time it's news, we talk about it, just like every time the football part comes up, we talk about it. What I would also say, one thing we have not done is, and this is not saying we should deserve like a medal for this, I'm just saying, we haven't really been like, oh, well, let's just talk about how great a addition Deshaun Watson is going to be to the Browns offense. I mean, we did plenty of that in the, in the days after he was traded. And that's fine. Like, I, as long like. You can you can have both, but we did plenty of that. Trust I, I, me. I just don't want you I just don't want you overlooking the coverage that we've done of all of the negative just because we spend some time on football. Like we are football reporters. I'm not I'm not I also wasn't doing this out of like the goodness of my heart, but it also like I, I think can help like our industry or you or Schefter has taken I think hits because of this, like it's not helping you. 
like, and we are friends, and and I I want your coverage to be great and stuff. Like, there are going to be a lot of people that look at the way we do things in a certain way, and it's good for you to know that. You know what I mean? Like, you'd rather know that than not know that. I would assume. I mean, I'm I'm pretty well aware of all of the things I report on and how they are viewed. I just don't view it as sort of negatively as you do. I just I spend a lot of my time and a lot of my reporting work trying to figure out how to make that balance that you were were talking about, right? Because, you know, obviously the off the field stuff is extremely important. Every and it it's not just with Deshaun, it's what's gonna happen to Baker Mayfield. Okay, well is he gonna get traded? I don't know, but if he does, then he's not gonna be the starting quarterback who steps in if and when Deshaun Watson is is traded and that sort of led to another many, many other news cycles. Um, I'm, I don't know. I I am as I told you at the time. I'm fine with my coverage. I know it has not been uh, glory for all of us national media people across the board. I'm fine with the way I've handled it. Um, but I don't, I don't mind you. I mean, you're sort of snarky and that's annoying. But I don't <laughs> mind you pointing it out because. One of the things I, that in I, these cases I wasn't being snarky. I was just kind of furious. I and think I, he's it, saying in general. It, and in it general, hasn't, yeah, it hasn't general. like gone away. Like I'm, I've I been can, surprised that it's stuck with me. I know, but uh, I I would say um, I one of the things with me doing this job and being very public and not just news, but really all of the things uh, that I do are pretty public. Is I don't really care and I don't really mind that all of the things I do get dissected. Like, I don't mind that you're sort of picking apart the coverage. I take issue with some of the conclusions that you made because I think you're wrong on some of them. But it doesn't offend me. And, you know, I would say that jerky tone probably did. But <laughs> the fact that you critique it, it, it's all out there. It is all, I mean, the same thing for Schefter. It's like, it is all for everyone to judge. The fact that I disagree on how you judge it is sort of a different topic. and I told you like it wasn't about you either which was like no, that no. was the whole that's thing why it I wasn't was like an though. Ian Rappaport criticism I told I you I could have made a top 10 rankings of the people that have offended me the most and you would have made the list but you weren't in the top you know four what we haven't five. had though, and that's men that's women like the, it, it's it, it wasn't just one type of we've person. heard your take yes. on this for yeah. weeks and weeks and I and I strongly link and agree with a lot of what you said but we have not heard from Ian, and yeah. I think that's very glad that happened. And, Absolutely. And now if we can find a way to move past this, um, I would love uh, to see the men shake hands or perhaps even hug. Is that a possibility? I w- we would have never have hugged what? even beforehand. This, this, the, the this, best of times. This is a peacemaker yeah. I don't request. think either of us are really huggers. <laughs> I, I'm happy to shake hands. We I think we did hands. yesterday when we saw Should each other. we get other. a photo of the handshake? No, I no, don't want a photo. No, I mean, no. Now you're making it into no, a bit. Oh, yeah. What do you mean I'm making it into a bit? You, at the very beginning, told me there wasn't even any heat. And, of course, the Peacemaker has revealed there is plenty of heat. No, that was a wrong way to put it. You're you're absolutely right. It's not that there wasn't heat. Like, I was disappointed in something. I'm sure Ian has been... um, Disappointed in me in many ways. Yeah. What if some, I, of those, some of those tweets, I'm like, God, Rosenthal, just shut up. What if I were to craft, like back in fifth, fourth, fifth grade in the summer when you'd make little friendship bracelets, you'd weave them, and one could have Greg's name on it, and one could have Ian's name, if you'd wear the other person's name on your wrist. Would you do that? That's a fair? No. Okay. No. All right, so, but we are, are we going to be back on texting terms again after this? We'll see what he needs. Well, what what can you offer, Ian? How about that? Right. What do you offer in this? Yeah, let's let's figure something out here. Comedic advice. 
I, I, I got to go see a comedy in, show in those in those realms. Um, you know, I give him like these lists of possible cuts and trades. No, hold and on a second. I give hold him. On. I have given him ideas. <laughs> I have given him ideas for breaking things that I've actually been right about over so, the years that I don't been, do. That's, no, no, that's no. a great. Thing. There have been. A, this is not a joke. There have been a couple of times when he has been like, "I was thinking about this. Does this make sense? Has anyone looked into?" And there has been a couple stories where I've been like, "Got him a couple." I stories. should. I, yeah, I should actually ask about that. And his, that is true. And then there was another. I cannot remember which. It was definitely a fake trade that you floated that ended up happening, and I cannot remember what it was. It's a healthy friendship. Is that enough? Is he giving you enough? In yeah, I would say that's a couple, okay. a couple scoops. So I think, we, I think we're getting close here. We're bridging the divide, and I think we have to get back inside yeah. for the uh, second part of the seminar. I think you're probably right. I don't know Graver if we're going back spinning his fingers. Yeah. I, don't know if there's a, I don't know if we're going back. But I think, I think uh, maybe there's a post-seminar uh, cocktail. Maybe we, we seal oh, the beef with the drink. drink. I don't okay. drink. Wow, I'm trying. That's handshakes, a lie. that's a lie. Hugs, drinks, all out. I think you've uh, you. I mean, we could do a handshake after you know we're done. You know, we don't have to do it for. It uh, must be documented for posterity. <laughs> this peacemaker nickname you've given yourself, your, yes. the effort behind it um, yeah. today has been um, Thank disingenuous. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> My bad. I was trying to be on the same page. With you. <laughs> the best part is when we got our uh, we got our new contract. Yeah. And um, Greg had a really nice tweet. And then me and Ian were texting, and Ian was like, why don't you put out a tweet so I could quote retweet you? Shut up. No, 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 that's not what I said. No, that's not what I said. That's I not what this. I said. Not what I said. I said, hey, did you guys get a new contract? He said, yeah. I said, I just saw Greg's tweet. Definitely not retweeting him. We oh. need to do a post now. And then he did a post, and bang, retweeted almost immediately. So there you go. It's my job, because I've been on both sides of this, that is, is right. to bring Hilarious. everyone together again. And I think we've done that I, on some level. I, I don't think you've done it. <laughs> I, but I do love that freaking story. The peacemaker is spoken. Everything is okay now. We're good. All right. Let's get back to the seminar. Let's get back to uh, right. Ian. Thank you very much. No problem. Thanks, guys. All right. There you go. Can I say something? When when we talked about the situation with Greg and Ian, it's like, oh, it would be good pod fodder maybe to get them on and, you know, just see what happens, see some fireworks go off. But then when the conversation started, I was like, oh, this, I think this is effective and on, on a different level because I think it's good to hear both sides of this. And uh, I don't think necessarily, Greg, you guys ended up um, landing in the same place. But you just had a better idea of, uh, of the whole situation as naughty as it is. No, I agree. I think it's a good conversation to have, and I, I appreciated having it and our listeners being able to listen to it. I think that's – it's great to – hear like both perspectives of it and it wasn't it was not necessarily personal but you told me that afterwards like oh i I didn't really think about that it would get you know that deep into the watson stuff and to me that that's all it was about i mean it was that was that was it was a very specific to that issue like we've been friendly as ian said for years talking about news stories and i i still do have a major problem I i wish i had said that too it's like the story is still ongoing and so that's part of it is i'm I'm trying to make. I'm trying to change how he acts. Is what I'm trying to do. Whether it works or not, I don't think um, it's going to. I thought, Greg. Number <laughs> one, you did not back down from your position at all, and he also showed strength in his position, and that that's what made it a great listen. I was an observer for almost ninety-seven yeah. percent. When you of it, say but- it like that, I want to change how he acts. That's. I don't know if that's necessarily something that is going to cause him to change. If anything, it might cause him to dig in more and be like, forget what Greg's saying. 
I mean, it's just that just putting it that way, I guess, is what I'm saying. It's not like I'm like trying to manipulate the situation. I'm just trying like here's someone I know. I I think Deshaun Watson could use some people around him who like tell him things that, you know, that are different from the way he's uh, being told them. I think the agent who I think is really the one I'm talking about here ultimately and the power that the agent has over the media and how like David Mulligetta has basically been like People should be telling him because ultimately I don't think they're doing themselves uh, any good. And I include that for Ian. I don't want Ian to be remembered or to take a lot of criticism uh, for how we're covering this. And it still feels like we're going down you, that road. I don't get the sense you two will be uh, vacationing together on Martha's Vineyard anytime soon. <laughs> here's, here's the question I have. And I was thinking about this after the conversation. Um, you, you've taken issue with how it's been covered. Um, but do you think if it would have been covered in a, a way that you found to be more effective or tactful, that would have changed anything about what happened with his, cause I'm going to say, no, I think no matter how the media covered this, there's still these NFL teams that want that guy. Not that they don't care so much about the guy off the field. If they think they can get away with the off the field stuff, if I can get the top seven quarterback, top five quarterback at 26 years old, I'm paying anyway. So I eventually I agree, but I disagree in that the way that it happened and the timing that it happened. I absolutely think in a, that the media has an enormous impact on how these teams and leagues and and uh players and everyone operate and if there was a loud drum beat, it would, wouldn't have just been Ian, but if there was been a, a different way that the entire media uh, was covering it and there was still like a lot of pressure and a lot of negativity out there, I just don't I don't think it would have happened in that timeline. I think it would have waited until he was suspended. I don't think he would have gotten his guaranteed contract like that. I, I do think uh, it would have been a different. Uh, I want to agree with yeah. you, but I, I can't. I, I I think that there was a team. There were multiple teams pursuing him, and I think Absolutely. I don't think eventually, it would have changed it. I, I I think eventually it all would have come out in the same same place, and that was that was more the problem that I had. And here's but one, that's even more cynical. It's like, like they're pandering to a certain public opinion, but they're going to go do what they want anyways. I I used to have this sort of cynical view, e- even when I was sort of quasi in the media, that like actually we didn't have that much of an impact, and and you realize that's wrong. Like it. Jimmy Haslam and Roger Goodell and all, all all the like major players in this are absolutely frightened and hate like the media reaction and want to diminish it as much as possible. And when it's loud, they have to act. I mean, the only reason why there's uh, like the the Black Lives Matter and the and the different statements on the side of uh, the fields and everything that's happening is like it's because of media and public pressure. Like it's not from any like different feelings. And I, I would consider like this would be the same way if there was more media pressure and public pressure, it'd be different. I will say I have been encouraged because I think there was a frustration a lot of us had. Um, when the deal went down with the Browns and you saw that it was all guaranteed money and even how the contract was backloaded to protect him in the in event he is suspended, that there are the Jenny Vrentises in the world, you know, that there is the HBO Real Sports and that, that expose they did, that the drumbeat has continued and kept the, the heat on uh, Watson and on the league and on the lawyers. And it's I think that's going to continue. And, again, I think we talked about this with Ian just – that I don't, I don't think the Browns anticipated this continuing right. this way. I don't think that Deshaun it, Watson did. And it's potentially and just starting. Are. He might be battling these things for tw- 
for a year or two in in um, court, and I don't think they quite considered how that was going to play out. All right. So there you go, Greg. And I just want to say we did get the handshake that was teased at the end of oh, we did. appearance. We had it documented. We have it. Good for posterity. Th- thanks to Drake, we had the, the I don't know why. Too no, I don't want that. <laughs> like, that is. What? Because then, then we're making like a. That was stupid. What? The, you What's know. stupid? The camera's on. I, it's it's recording everything we do. That's fine, but I don't want to be like playing it up for like it's like yeah, yeah. George Bush mission accomplished. You know, banner it's, is it's dropping simply, behind them. It's simply something. for our um, archive. Sure. Okay. It's something they also important they, to have. Re- they they have, I found this um, and problematic Instagram, potentially. They refuse to embrace. Why can't two male coworkers who have come to well, an you agreement have to know on a both topic, the men involved? They're not. I, big I understand huggers. that, but that would have been next level. Would have been you know maybe more. Appropriate. It's fine. You have, you know, different acquaintances, coworkers, colleagues that you go through life, um, and uh, you know you don't have to have the same relationship the whole time. Sometimes you realize. Uh, well, you are an, a not fine example you. of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dan was so Dan is so on top of this, and we don't need to get into the details. But he actually called me on his way home, I believe, uh, last night, still trying to. Um, uh, you know, well, the peacemaker del- the doesn't peace. sleep. Yeah, pe- it's not like the peacemaker takes off the headset. He, and the he peacemaker's is like done. uncomfortable because he, you know, he's been friends with Ian as he said for twenty years, and he's you know worked with me as a colleague with uh, no I mean, friendship is- for ten years uh, too. So he wants those two people to to stay. Greg, you are Dan, my friend as for well. For Dan, this is manna from heaven. I mean, this is like liquid gold to Dan. Like uh, Greg was pretending his feelings were hurt uh, when we taped with Kyle or with Ian. And uh, I did come up to him privately, Greg, and I put his, my arm around him and made him, he stiffened up, he tightened Stop. up um, like a porcupine. And I said, you are my friend, Greg. Yes, you did. I, I was not really <laughs> offended. You are, you are reading the room right that I'm All right. Some fun. There we go. Here we are. It's time to say goodbye. Um, I'm getting on a plane and heading to Texas. Oh. So. I might do the same. I will be up there in um, G-Bob's attic. Next time uh, we're doing a show together. So we continue on. Anybody else have anything to say? Thank you to everybody for listening. (laughs) Thank you to Ian. Thank you to Kyle. Thank you to the listeners. Till Monday. Heed the call. Full of heart. (laughs) From start to finish (laughs) Delivers on the great tension of the NFL draft While showing how human The entire process is (laughs) Well now hold on Mark Sessler NFL.com Around the league That's the banner ad running across the homepage Where's the music from? How did when did Mark become Belgium? I, what was that? <laughs> that was the reviewer. I asked the Gold Center to deliver me some uh, background music with emotional heft. That was, that was a great I thought that was Dances with Wolves, potentially. <laughs> I was uh, eternally vigilant while I was watching the movie, waiting just to jump over some scene that really wouldn't happen in the NFL. And for the most part, I thought it rang pretty true.
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.